Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Welcome back to the final part of this week's show on irishexaminer.com. Now, graphene has long been sought after because of strength and other great properties, but it has always been too expensive for companies to try and manufacture on any kind of large scale. But a group of scientists from Chudini College Dublin in conjunction with Thomas Swan Chemical Technologies has found a breakthrough to the question of mass production of graphene. And I'm delighted Professor Jonathan Coleman, part of the team from TCD, joins me on the line now. Now, Jonathan, you're very welcome to The Small Business Show. Thank you very much. Now, first of all, your breakthrough is with graphene. And uh, for those of us who don't understand or don't know what graphene is, uh, what is graphene? Well, everyone probably knows about graphite, which is the stuff that makes up the lead in in pencils. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've known for some time now that graphite is actually quite an interesting material because it's made up of of millions of tiny little layers of carbon stacked on, on top of each other like, a, like cards in a deck. And each of these thin layers of carbon is actually, they're very, very thin. They're only one atom thick, so they're, they're really the thinnest material in the universe. And those thin layers are called graphene. And people got very, very excited about uh, 10 years ago because they realized that they could separate graphene from graphite. And actually, these thin layers have wonderful properties. For example, it's the strongest material known to man. In terms of the, the strongest material known to man, is this obviously something that's man-made or is it naturally occurring? And, and is this why the, the process is so expensive? Well, graphite is naturally occurring. So, you know, it's found in the ground and there are graphite mines. And, you know, that's where graphite and pencils really came from. And in fact, the first use of graphite 500 years ago in, in Cumbria in England was the graphite mine came to the surface and farmers would take the graphite and use it to, to mark their sheep. So it's been used for applications for quite some time. What is the process that is used to separate the, the graphene from the, from the graphite? Well, about 10 years ago, Science to Manchester discovered that if you rub a piece of graphite on the surface, you could get these sheets of graphene deposited onto the surface and then they found that by doing electrical measurements and and other measurements that that graphene really had wonderful electronic properties you can make transistors from it and and wonderful mechanical properties the strongest material known to man but that's making it one flake at a time which obviously is not much good for for industry to make products so about six years ago we realized that we could demonstrate a way to make good quality graphene in reasonable quantities in liquids and that created a bit of a stir. The graphene was good and it was good for a lot of applications, but reasonable quantities doesn't cut it for industry. They want to make graphene in very, very large quantities. So they need to have scalable production techniques. So we were contacted by Thomas Swan, which is an English chemical firm, to upscale our method of producing graphene to produce good quality graphene in a scalable manner that can give it in very, very large quantities. So they basically we formed a research collaboration between Thomas Swan and the Amber Research Centre in Trinity College, Dublin, where I work. 
and the idea was to scale up the process. So we, we did this using something called shear mixing, which is a, a, it's a known industrial technology where you have a, a machine that causes liquid to move very, very rapidly. And if you put graphite in that liquid, and you, well, if you choose the liquid correctly, this fast liquid motion will, will effectively rub the graphene flakes off the surface of the graphite, just like, like rubbing a card off the top of a deck. And this method, once we found that it worked, that it could make graphene at all, then we knew from previous experience that it was possible to scale this technology up. And that, that's what we did over the course of two years. And it's an interesting, I suppose, complex problem, but a complex problem that came with a, I suppose, a simple solution, uh, considering that you used, uh, am I right in saying, a domestic blender? Well, that that was we did use that. I mean, ultimately, I mean, at the start of the project, we were working with with commercial blenders, commercial mixers. So we work with lab versions, but these come in all sizes, up to very very large. And as part of this project, because I'm a physicist, and you know that that's my sort of my 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 trade, physicists are very keen to understand what's going on. It's not good enough to make something; you have to understand why it works. So what we had to do was figure out why this process works. And when I say figure out, I mean figure out at a sort of very fundamental level. So we did both experiments and we we did some mathematical modeling to try and you know, develop equations that would describe the process. And the importance of that was that those that investigation told us that there's a minimum shear rate. So there's a minimum property of the liquid moving that you need to get to give you graphene. And once we had that, we could work out that even in a kitchen blender, the motor is powerful to generate shear rates above this minimum value. And so theoretically, it should be possible to produce graphene in a kitchen blender. So we went to Argos, we bought a kitchen blender, we, we put mm-hmm. some graphite in there, added water, and usually you would add a, a, a detergent. So we said we'll keep it simple. We added fairy liquid, which everyone knows. We turned the blender on and, you know, in a few minutes we had graphene. So at the start, we didn't think it would be that simple, but it turned out to be be pretty straightforward but it's only simple when you know how and that's the key thing mm. there was a lot of science that led us to that revelation that this can be done in quite a simple manner and what is the real world problem solving aspects of this what is what is graphing going to give us potentially in the future okay so i mean it's been known for a long time that graphene is useful in a range of applications. And it's been known that if you could have graphene dispersed in a liquid as we make it, then you can make loads of things that would be useful in areas such as, for example, printed electronics. So if you put the graphene in the liquid that we make in the blender, if you put it, say, into an inkjet printer, you can print down, uh, because graphene is electrically conducting, you can print down conducting lines and films that can be used as say, electrodes in devices like printed solar cells or printed batteries or, you know, printed uh, photo detectors or a whole range of things. So basically, what will happen in the future is a lot of the things that we, we have, like computer screens or TVs or iPads, will be flexible and foldable and will be produced very, very cheaply by methods such as, as inkjet printing or, or spraying. And so to do that, you need to be able to produce electrical conductors that way. And so it's been known that graphene is a candidate for that, but you have to be able to make it in good quality in large quantities in liquids. And that's exactly what we do. So this is an ideal fit for 
for a whole host of applications in, in future printed electronics. And in terms of the business model going forward as well, what do you plan to do with this? Do you plan to license this to another company? Or is this something that you think is, is scalable into an actual business well, I mean, the future was pretty much ter- determined from day one because this project was funded by by a company, Thomas Swan, mm. and so it was an industry academic partnership. So the way these things work is that you you have to patent the the discovery, and then the company w- will have essentially the right of first refusal to license. So this technology has been licensed to Thomas Swan, and the technology has been transferred to them, and they have now they've built a, a pilot plant. And uh, that will allow us them to understand the scaling up to the next level. And then assuming no roadblocks are found, they will then build a factory uh, to build this stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So so effectively, they've they've paid you to come up with the ideas of how to solve this problem effectively. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, in the Nanoscience Center in Trinity. We are uh, a lot of our work is industry facing. So we do a lot of research with companies. And this is one of the the ways it can work. And in terms of that nanoscience, we're seeing it more and more. We've had uh, a couple of those kind of projects and uh, research and development projects on this show itself in the past uh, year or so. It seems as if the, the nanoscience area is somewhere that particularly in recent years has exploded and its importance uh, has grown uh, more and more over the past couple of years. Yeah, that's that's exactly true. And, and we're really probably only seeing the tip of the iceberg now. This will continue to grow and it will reach massive levels within 10 years' time. I mean, some of the proje- projections are, are phenomenal. We're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars worth of products enabled by Nano. But the, the reality here is that w- what Nano is doing at the moment is it's allowing us to make things that we already make, but make them better or make them cheaper. But what's really exciting is that in the next few years, Nano will start to enable products that we we can't even imagine now. So this is really going to be revolutionary, and we you know we're just at the start of it. So this is a very very exciting time. Absolutely, yes, yeah. sounds very exciting and uh, looks very exciting as well in terms of the future. Uh, Professor Jonathan Coleman, a principal investigator at Amber in Trinity College Dublin, who developed uh, a new way of producing graphene. Thank you very much for joining us on the Small Business Show. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's show on irishexaminer.com. My columns are in the Irish Examiner newspaper every Monday as well. And on this week's column, I explore the relationship between the west of Ireland and the east and why business between them needs to be about complementing rather than competition. Well, that's it for this week's show. I'm Caelan Kerwin. You've been listening to the Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com. Bye for now. The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.